Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to an episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. And as always, big shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles, Suttles Solution, helping make this podcast possible. I'm excited for today's episode because we have the author of this great, amazing, fantastic book, Your Life, Your Career, Your Choice, Danielle Britt sitting here with us. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Seriously, it's an honor. It's an absolute pleasure. And I've had the pleasure of hopping into the subject matter of this book before us sitting down, and I was thankful to do so. I think it's going to be very helpful for our conversation. I'm excited for some of the listeners to get a little bit of a glimpse into your life story. But before we kind of pull back the curtains and go back, let's let's first introduce you to our listeners uh, so mm-hmm. they can know who you are and what it is you do. Um, my name is Danielle Britt, and um, I am a lot more than an author of your life, your career, your choice. Um, I am an entrepreneur and an investor, and um, I work with small businesses on their marketing, advertising, business development, um, and just become a essentially a business consultant. Um, I also am a co-owner of a bar, Gizmo Bar in downtown Greenville. Um, so I like to stay busy and keep my hands in a lot of different things. And now I'm trying podcasts. Yeah. So. <laughs> and you're doing amazing so far. Thanks. I love that. Thank you. Um, which speaking of Gizmo Bar, um, I've known of it, mm-hmm. just saw it for the first time. That's where you can get your phone fixed, correct? Correct. While which, grabbing a drink. Absolutely. Which brings in like my IT nerdy side, right? You're yeah. um, able to go in and they actually have six interactive screens so that you can um, play games, you can build a car, you can, um, we're working on the process of being able to order from the bar itself. Um, but yeah, if you need to get your cell phone repaired, then you can go drop it off or have lunch with us and yeah, have a drink. That's awesome. Well, I, I love that concept. And I know a lot of the listeners are going to kind of think, you know, how do I get there, right? How do I get to a point where I can invest in a bar or, mm-hmm. or have a concept or an idea and have it come to fruition? You know, that's the end game or not even the end game because I think our journey still continues. It's Absolutely. never really over. But let's let's go back to the beginning. And I know you come from very humble beginnings, Tennessee area. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned that in the book. It all started in a trailer park, correct? It did, yes. Talk about that upbringing and how that influenced your vision for your life. Because you do reference that vision for your life in the book, which I love the imagery mm-hmm. that, that you have in the writing. So that really does a good job of bringing the reader into the place. But I guess talk about how those humble beginnings helped propel you to the life that you're you're currently pushing for and continuing to work for? Of course. Um, so growing up, I feel like my dad worked as hard as he could. Um, neither one of my parents finished high school and or had educations. Um, so, you know, we say trailer park. And I remember prior to what you would consider uh, as official as a trailer park, which to me sounds like a lot wealthier than what I had as a child, you know, like sleeping in this house that was broken up and I mean, I remember being able to like see through the walls and just when it would rain, literally getting the boxes from the outside of the porch and bringing them in the house. So a trailer park to me was actually an upgrade um, from my, I guess, childhood um, or I guess the infant stage. Um, and then being in the trailer park and seeing my dad work um, all the time and seeing my parents argue constantly about money and just um, not have, I guess, a real 
what I would call a real relationship now that I'm adult and I understand that. Um, so that, and then if you kind of fast forward a little bit and in the first chapter of my book, I'm talking about, I was 11 years old and, um, my, I had two brothers and my youngest brother had left, um, with my dad and my oldest brother had left with my mom and I'd been left at home to clean the house essentially and just got done cleaning the house. And I remember looking out of the front of the window and just the, looking across the yard, looking across the road and at the trees and just thinking, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life than like my parents arguing all the time and, um, you know, us not having money and not being able to like take money to school to get school lunches and having free lunches. Although now as an adult, I am so thankful that we have a, um, a government that offered those free lunches because coming from where I come from, um, there were definitely days that I went to school and could not wait to get there to hopefully get breakfast. And if I missed the bus and that meant that I didn't get breakfast. So very thankful um, at this point in my life. Now that I'm an adult and I understand that um, our government did offer those, those um, essentials to us. But um, I just remember like looking out the window and thinking there's gotta be more to life than this. And I remember picturing myself being in a business suit and I said, I will be successful one day. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I knew that no matter what, I was going to try my darndest (laughs) to to not um, allow myself to fail. Yeah. And I love that because I think a lot of people find themselves in a position where they think to themselves that there, there has to be more to life than this. There, there has to be more than this mundane. And I know you reference it later on in the book where you, you mentioned life becoming almost habitual and just repetitive. And it's just like, okay, there has to be more than just me waking up, grinding, going to this. Or, you know, for you to have that thought at such a young age, I think it, it shows on, on the maturity. That, that you had and, and whether that maturity was forced upon you or it was something that was innate in you, you know, that's, that's for you to know. I mean, I mean that's a question <laughs> you. way above my head, but to have that maturity in the moment and think, okay, there is more to life than this. And then the decision to aspire to it. Yeah. I think a lot of us can see it, but we don't ever really aspire to it. And that's where the difference comes. And I do love the fact that you have a lot of, of the, the action steps and, and things that people can actually do to start working towards that. Because you mentioned, hey, write it down, go for it, yes. and then you know, be clear on what it is you want. I think a lot of people get lost in life and they don't know which direction they're going in. And when you're not living a life by design, you're living a life by someone else's design. Absolutely. And that can definitely put you in a position where you don't control where you are. Um, I want to talk a little bit down the line now. And mm-hmm. speaking of you can't see what you you can't aspire to what you can't see mm-hmm. um, without giving too much subject matter of the book away. Sure. You end up getting into a position where you, you start seeing and becoming surrounded by people where you you find the ideals and some of the things that you want. How is that transformative to your growth and and propelling you into your future? Um, that's a really great question. Um, and. I guess I would elaborate a little bit on the last statement. It's we all at some point in our life get into a, um, a place to where we want to be something more and we're just not sure how to get there. Um, and for me, as this kind of goes into the next question, um, I was always at 11 years old. And once I had that image in my mind, um, I was kind of, I was always looking for other opportunities. I was watching people that would come around our house. We constantly had people in and out. And then, um, I was invited to a church service and, you know, 
started noticing the people there and started noticing how they dress and how they acted. And um, I always say that we all get a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's whether or not that we are aware enough of our desires and our intentions to be able to uh, um, capitalize on that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had one of those once in a lifetime opportunities um, from a family who um, just kind of took me in under their wing. And I didn't really know them. I was, I knew that I didn't have like as nice as clothes as they did and their kids did, but I just saw if, if I could understand or just get in their car, if I could just get them to go to lunch with me or take me to lunch, not go to lunch with me, take me to lunch, then maybe at some point, maybe I can be on their level and, um, just being cognizant of that. And, um, they ended up at later on in the book, um, cer- certain things happened in my life and they ended up giving me an opportunity to, to be able to live with them and um yeah i'm trying not to give too much of the book away i know i know and one of the questions i ask a lot on the podcast is um you know what's one of the biggest storms you've been through Mm -hmm. that gives you confidence uh, in taking on the storms in your future Mm -hmm. and and in reading the book i i think you've been through through a few of them (laughs) um i i guess i would ask which storm at a young age um do you think really kind of stuck with you the most um there i mean this is evident i mean the first thing was uh, my dad had been abusive to my mom and we she would never call the police or anything and um the neighbors ended up calling the police and we ended up going to the hospital and my mom had to get some stitches and that night we had to go to a safe house so that moment which was the one of the biggest storms was when I walked in and I was so hungry (laughs) that there was a a buggy full of loaves of bread I'm guessing that a grocery store somebody had donated because they were out of date and I remember walking in and smelling the bread to this day I can still smell it right and I remember my mom talking to the lady because she's got three kids and her, they're trying to make sure they have beds for us because it's, it's cots, right? We're staying in a safe house. Um, and my mom's back was turned and I went and I ripped open the loaf of bread and I grabbed two pieces out and stuck them in my pocket. And I went to my mom, I was going to the bathroom. And in that moment, I felt guilty. And I was, I don't know, probably, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how old I was, but I was young enough to where I knew that I did something wrong. I had stolen something, but I was so hungry. And I constantly go back to that. Whenever I feel, whenever I sense failure yeah. in my life or whenever I sense that I'm not going to succeed, I immediately revert back to like that memory, just thinking, Danielle, <laughs> don't. I mean, I've had several other experiences as you've seen in the book, but. Um, that's one of the experiences that I just constantly go back to. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think your story is a true no rain, no rainbow story. And, <laughs> and that specific uh, story that you just told, I know was not in the book. So I was thankful that you shared that with us and the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, that way they know that they can kind of get more of the context and, and where that happened. Uh-huh. But fast forwarding through some of the middle of the subject matter to um, a lot of the the I, I want to say the elements that you touch on in the book is very relative to this podcast with No Rain, No Rainbows mm-hmm. and very relative to what I think a lot of the listeners and a lot of us go through on a daily life in terms of having to find value within ourselves and having to come up with the, the courage to take that risk or, or, or just take that jump into something new. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that you, you experienced personally mm-hmm. um, in your move to South Carolina yes. from Tennessee. What was that experience like? What was the trigger that made you say, you know what? 
I'm done. I'm going. <laughs> um, I was. It was so scary. I'm not gonna lie. It's um, any time that we take risk, whether it's with a relationship or a new job, or going to the gym, you know, or hiring a personal trainer, whatever. It's a, it's a risk, and it's so scary, but. We have to – I learned to love myself at a young age. And not that I don't always love myself, but I learned that, like, Danielle, you have to think for yourself and you have to to go after whatever it is that you want. And I don't want for me to ever pass away and regret. I don't want to be, you know, because I've lost parents and at a young age, I don't want to be that person that's on my deathbed and think, man, if I would have just done this, if I would have just taken that risk, I might not succeed and I'm probably going to fail over and over and over. And Michael Jackson's quote or Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan's quote, not going to say it, but it's in my book. Um, we're going to fail over and over and over. But if we don't take that risk, I would rather fail and try than to never have tried at all. Um, so that moment in South Carolina, or excuse me, in Tennessee, I was sitting there and I was making good money. I had, had a car and, you know, I'd rented a trailer. <laughs> so, you know, I, for only like three months. Right. And I'm like, I feel like I'm doing great. Right. But then I'm like going to my trailer and I'm like, there's, I've, there's gotta be more to life than this. Yeah. There has to be like, I'm not just going to stay here. I'm going to, I'm just going to travel to some places and I'm going to see what else is out there. Um, came to South Carolina and I love that it was a bigger city than where I came from. I like the diversity and I traveled quite a bit, um, before coming here and I felt like it was a big city within a small space and, um, just applied for a job and there's the, the stories in the book about kind of how I just took the leap of faith and mm. I came and I don't regret it. I love Greenville. <laughs> I love being here now and I'm so thankful that I did it, but that doesn't mean that I had a lot of failures in that process or after moving here. Um, but the only person that you can rely on is yourself. And yeah. And I love you do a lot of, uh, you reference a lot of in terms of relationships with people and things like that. And that makes the risk a lot easier. It makes the jump a lot easier when you are, you treat everybody in a very special, unique way. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, it's, uh, and you mentioned it in the book, and I've said it before on the podcast, is, you know, you can learn something from everyone. And everybody has their own struggles. So Absolutely. you can't walk around being resentful or being nasty towards people. You, you want to lean into people and invest in people because you never know the kind of reciprocity that that can deliver down the line. Mm -hmm. So when you're just a, a good general person, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll be honest, 90% of the time, the people you give the blessings to are not the ones who bless you back. Exactly. I 100% agree. So yeah. it's, it's great to see that you were able to take that leap and take that jump and, and, and and move forward. And I, I want to take this opportunity to talk to listeners directly because a lot of us get pigeonholed in that position mm -hmm. where we are. One of my favorite quotes um, is, your dreams are waiting for you in the winds of the sky. Yeah. And you ask, what if I fall? But oh my darling, what if you fly? And a lot of times, 90% of the things we worry about don't happen. Yeah. And we spend so much energy and so much time worrying and preparing and, and getting worried. Listen, I have car insurance. That's as far as my worry about getting into an accident goes. <laughs> right? That's, yeah. great. That's a great analogy. Yes. Yeah. You can prepare for the worst. I'm not saying, I'm not telling folks, I'm not advising them to be reckless. Mm -hmm. You can prepare for the worst, but expect and hope for the best and mm -hmm. put yourself in the best position. And when you have that opportunity, go for it because yeah. 10 years from now, you can't open that door again. 
I agree. And I'd like to elaborate a little bit, if I may, about, you know, being open to talking to other people. I think a big misconception of people that meet me is that I'm this huge extrovert. I do have a lot of energy and I love people, but I just taught myself to like walk up to people and talk to them. That doesn't mean that I'm not nervous. That doesn't mean that I'm not afraid of rejection or that they may not include me in the conversation. I just want to talk to people. I just want to get to know people because I learned at a young age that getting to know people and opening your mind and not being closed minding and listening to other people's backgrounds and understanding where they come from that has taught me so much and it has opened my mind to so many different things that I'm so thankful for. I mean, I have, I still ask questions to people all the time because there's so much more that I can learn and there's, I can improve in so many more ways. And the only way I'm going to do that is by putting myself out there. Yeah. You know, it's like, so I love that you made that statement. I love that quote. I'm yeah. going to have to adopt that. Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> I don't remember who said it specifically. So uh, you'd have to maybe find out who yeah. to get, give the credit to the proper person. Cause I didn't come up with it. <laughs> yeah. I love it though. That's, that's great though. Yeah. I do want to give credit and, and mention your work ethic that you referenced in the book because, um, Speaking of the leap of faith and speaking of your journey moving to Greenville, South Carolina, and something I experienced moving from New York to Michigan to Greenville, South Carolina as well, um, moving to a new city doesn't scare me anymore. And what also doesn't scare me anymore is starting over. And you were in a position that you mentioned in the book of really having to to kind of kind of pick up those I, I mentioned from a poem, pick up the worn out tools and build again. Mm-hmm. And you had to kind of build up and you had to rely on your work ethic to do so. How important is it for folks to have that that base, that that work ethic behind them when they're trying to build a new life? Um, extremely important. Um, I know that um, and, you know, I say it's a lot of people understand and they see that I have great work ethic, but that doesn't mean that there aren't days that I wake up and I'm like, Oh man, I don't really want to go to work today, but it's a decision. And like I talk about in like the first or second chapter of my book that we make a decision and we set goals and we get up every single day and we go to work and we strive to be whatever it is that we want to be. Um, and work ethic is obviously one of those things and just desire to, if you, I always say live your life with intention. So if you want a a better house or if you potentially, you know, you want a nicer truck or whatever, pick up a second job. I mean, I was not too prideful when I moved here. I'd never been a waitress in my life and I was working as a marketing manager um, and I needed more money. And I went to the manager and was like, can I be a waitress? And she was like, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd been in a waitress in a small little mom and pop shop. Um, and she was like, well, I mean, we actually need somebody. When can you start? And I was like, I'll spend my lunch break learning the system. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care. I just need money. Like yeah. I need to make it any way that I can make it. Um, so I think that is in- extremely important, but it's more so the mindset. It's, it's, it's all the work ethic. That's good, but you have to have the mindset to be able to, to encourage yourself and get the head trash out because you're going to go to the interview and you're going to know that you don't have some of the qualifications that they say that they want you to have in the job description, but you have to go in there and you have to sell yourself. And then when you get the opportunity, you work your 
ass off and you prove yourself you know yeah. what i mean and that's i feel like that's a hundred percent what i've done I've definitely applied for jobs that i was like yeah i don't know if i could do this i know like 70 percent of this but i know if they give me the chance i'm i'm gonna prove myself and i think that's what they saw in me and mm. i kept getting the opportunities i think that's a perfect segue into kind of as we transition towards the rainbows and whatnot and this is um i hope you don't mind because i do want to reference this that was in the book because you just kind of referenced it about the time you asked for a raise yep and you just told folks you know regardless of of what you think and just to kind of put in into light to to i guess accentuate the point that you just made um me right now being a morning anchor in greenville south carolina that was not in the plan four years ago i was a meteorologist and when the offer for me to be a morning anchor came to me that job position required five years of anchoring. That job position, there were people in the building that had more experience than I did in that. That's anchoring. awesome. Yeah. But I did display the ability, the adaptability, the work ethic, the confidence to make that transition that I was lucky enough to have the opportunity. So I agree 100%. I personally don't pay attention to the experience requirements or, or job requirements because yeah. I have the confidence that I, ha- I have the, the cognitive ability and the confidence to learn. Absolutely. I'm not going to say I know how to do it already. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but I can learn. I love it. And I can and I can pull it off. But I'd love for you to reference that really quick in terms of how you rose above that and, and what folks can maybe pull from that example on how they can adapt that to their lives. That's a great um, – that's good good feedback and follow-up, by the way. Um, I That was one of the hardest – one of the hardest things was, you know, I feel like I'd worked so hard for this guy. And, you know, he he – came after me while I was already working for the the company he proposed a you know a position which would make more money to me so I was like oh okay like he's obviously going to pay me more um and then you know when I go to him and I prove that I've saved this company all this money and I literally remember getting there before the sun come up and being there before this or after the sun went down and I'm thinking I'm living in this place which is fine because I'm okay to sacrifice (laughs) I don't want to be poor (laughs) so um when he told me no I was so defeated I was so defeated I just saw you know here I am like I'm I'm doing everything I feel like I could possibly do and he's saying no you don't have a college degree and I just thought you know what I'm not letting you defeat me I am not letting you steal my rainbow yeah. I'm not and so I went back to my desk and I applied for some other jobs and within just a few weeks ended up getting a, a job making 25% more money because like I did we all have head trash and I didn't allow the head trash to consume me did it get me absolutely I'm human right like did it upset me did I feel defeated did I get back to my desk and did I want to cry 100% but I decided in that moment, I'm not going to let him win. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, I'm so proud of myself for doing that. Because I'm proud of you, too. That, that ended up taking me to a whole nother level in my career that I never knew would have ever been possible. Mm-hmm. But had I been like, you know what? All right, he's right. You know, I don't deserve this job or I don't deserve a raise. But I would probably still be sitting in that desk doing the same job. 10 years later, or yeah, 10 years later, making the same amount of money. Yeah. And I feel like anybody who is listening, like you are, if you can apply yourself, you are more than that. You are worth more than that. And don't ever allow anybody to tell you or define what your worth is. That's not for them to decide. That's for you to decide. Yeah. If you believe in yourself, then just go after it. Do it. 100%. <laughs> I, I love that you did that because 
like you mentioned, within two weeks, having the ability to make 25% more, his loss. Yes. You, you gave him the opportunity to keep you. And I want the listeners to understand that it's okay. And actually, I'm going to be quoting a, a good friend of ours, Andre's here, uh, Dr. Ray, when he says, you know, it's okay to increase the value it is to access you. It is okay to increase your value. I like that. And a lot of people are like, you know, well, I agreed to this salary and they said no, so I'm going to stay here. No. If you increase your skill set and you know your value, it's okay to up the price. Absolutely. And as, if, as we continue to progress and grow, I think it's only natural that we up the price as time goes on. Yeah. What are some of, I guess, the ambitious goals now that you're chasing as you've been able to, to experience a, a certain amount of success through your career, through your life. And obviously, I know you mentioned before, we're never done. Never. No. <laughs> so I guess what are some of the things you're working on? I know you just finished the book, which congratulations on, on all that. And I know a lot of folks have been purchasing it. I'm definitely going to have in the show notes uh, for folks to purchase that book. But I'd love Thank to hear you. some of the projects you're working on now, some of the, the rainbows that you're currently chasing. Okay. Thank you. I'm working on a, the second edition of my book. As you mentioned, um, there's stories that I did not disclose in the book book um, because it was it was actually harder than I thought to be so vulnerable in this book and expose myself so much because people they only see this Danielle right they don't they don't see this Danielle so I'm working on a second edition um, also working on a consulting company um, so I just submitted for the LLC yesterday nice. um, and then I'm also working with a group of incredible women on a nonprofit. Um, so my goal now is to work in an industry, create my own industry to be able to give back. Um, you know, I want to be able to help companies and for me, consulting is being able to use my experience and what I've learned in my corporate life to be able to give back to small businesses that are just starting. Um, and then also nonprofits to be able to give back to, there's so many amazing organizations in Greenville, um, to be able to, for us that I feel like a lot of people just don't know about. So my goal is to get the word out a lot more. And I've actually been talking to WSPA, um, maybe, maybe Fox, but talking to WSBA Kenneth um, about some things. We had a great meeting last week, and he's incredibly excited about all the the, the things that I presented to him. Um, so things are just in the work. I'm just, you know, nice. working toward them. Always pushing <laughs> forward. I can't wait for you to experience those rainbows. Thank um, you. What, what's the biggest thing you've learned from being vulnerable through the book? I, I'd love to get that because you mentioned how hard it was to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and you know uh, Andre's in here working on his book I have a book in the back of my head that I haven't started working on which everyone keeps pushing me you to should do. do it yeah um but that vulnerability if I'm being honest and vulnerable right now on the podcast is you know that vulnerability scares me and knowing that if I'm going to write a book I'm gonna have to pour into it and and open my heart into it mm-hmm. uh, I guess what was that experience like and what did you learn from that process um, it was harder than I thought because when you're becoming vulnerable, you're actually allowing yourself to relive and feel. And sometimes you're allowing yourself to heal with experiences that maybe you've never healed with before. Like, um, so being able to take my mind back to hard times and feel those pains again and say, you know what? Like I didn't have, there's some closure that I haven't, there's some things I have, I don't have closure on in this area. Um, and it feels good. 
It feels really good. It's still scary when people come up to me and, um, I mean, I was at Wild Wings this past weekend and this guy comes up, oh my goodness, I didn't know you were an author. Like, I really want you to sign my book. And I, I mean, I immediately get nervous because I'm just like, oh my goodness, he, he knows so much about me. You know what I mean? But it's like also very humbling when people say, Danielle, I've read your book. I had to put it down because it brought up so many things about my past and you encourage me and you motivate me to want to be a better person. And if I help one person because I'm vulnerable, like you, Teddy, if you help one person and Andre by writing your book, then it's worth it. I mean, I mean, it costs a little bit of money and there's a little bit of investment in the beginning. But at the end of the day, like helping other people is what else, What are we here for? Yeah. If we're not giving back and we're not using our experiences to help other people, then how selfish are we? Yeah. So I am so thankful that I did. It was so scary. There are a lot of tears, um, a lot of tears sometimes. And but that's OK. It's mm. OK to like have those feelings. And I'm so thankful that I did it. I mean, I've got so much more to learn, but mm-hmm. I'm very thankful. So yeah. I encourage anybody who wants to has a story and they feel like they need to share it, just do it. Yeah. I mean, well, I thank you for putting your, your story in the book. And, and you mentioned reliving some of those experiences. And I can tell you, reading the book there, were, I was rolling my eyes with you at times. I was <laughs> at times with like, <laughs> I was kind of reacting to your story with you throughout it. I can honestly say that. So um, I do appreciate you being vulnerable and opening that up because I, I heard a great quote someone was talking about. And it was a gentleman who's been through a lot of hardships in his life and, you know, suicidal attempts and, and things like that. And then he turned his life around and started, you know, speaking to others. Mm-hmm. And he would get these messages on how people are like, you know, you, you saved my life with your story. You saved my life with your story. Absolutely. And he ended up saying, he's like, the pain I went through wasn't for me. The pain I went through was so I can help them. Yes. And it's really the the purpose of No Rain, No Rainbows. The Mm -hmm. purpose of this podcast is for anybody that's listening or watching on our YouTube channel, whatever you're going through, whatever rain you're experiencing right now, you're, you're not the only one to go through that storm. And there's a community out there. For someone who can help you, somebody who can can reach out and, and pull you out of the rain into the sunshine that you very well have and, mm-hmm. and the rainbows you very much deserve. So um, I appreciate you uh, putting that all into the book. I'd love yeah. for our listeners to have an opportunity to get the book and connect with you more. How can they, they follow a lot of the work that you're doing and maybe even get their hands on the second version when it's done too? Absolutely. Um, so I have a, a page on Facebook, Your Life, Your Career Choice. I have a Facebook page, um, Danielle Brett, and then Instagram as well. Um, your life, your choice, or your life, your career choice. And then on Amazon is um, where we have the book now. I'm in the process of creating my own website. So I guess I should have said that earlier that the books will be available on. But um, if you follow me on my current pages, then you'll see that. Absolutely. And I'll be sure to have those links in the show notes for everyone listening that uh, it's on the Apple podcast or the Apple app right now. Open up the app and they can just Hit the links Excellent. and it'll take them right to Thank that. You. So yeah. um, make sure that they have good access to that. The name of the book, Your Life, Your Career, Your Choice by Daniel Britt. Danielle, thanks so much for being Thank with you. us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. To the listeners and the watchers on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us. I know you enjoyed this podcast, so I don't blame you for stopping it and going back to the beginning and playing this again because there's so <laughs> much value to be had from it. And just to recap some of the things that Danielle said along the way, like there's there's got to be more to life than this. I, I think that's something that we've all thought, and you even mentioned that we all get to a point 
where we want something more in life. It's okay to want more in life. I think a lot of times we stay humble and that humility is good, but you also want to mix that humility with the confidence knowing that you are worthy and you are deserving of more than where you are right now. And Danielle has the steps in the book for you to go ahead and, and start chasing those those dreams. I learned to love myself. Uh, when you said that, I had to write that down right away because <laughs> that's a process uh, that I go through myself and I think a lot of us go through. I always say, hey, fall in love with your Kool-Aid flavor and everyone else will drink it. Yes. <laughs> so I, I think a lot of our listeners will, will get value from that. And work ethic is good, but you have to have the mindset. If if money went to the hardest working people in the world, your father would, would have been rich. My Absolutely. parents would have been rich. And they're the coal miners, the single mothers. The There's so many people that would be rich if it just came down to hard work. The work ethic is good, but you have to have the mindset and be able to apply it along the way. So you could do so by reaching out to folks like Danielle and, and, and be be more than happy to answer any emails or questions that come into our podcast. So those are some of the, the tidbits that I've gotten. And I know our listeners probably got a lot more. And of course, just if you did enjoy this episode, I'd love for you guys to share this with a friend that you think can value from it. If you enjoyed the content, go ahead, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button if you're on YouTube, and be sure to tune in every Wednesday as we have a new episode. And if you didn't know, we have a Patreon page where you can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month, and that's where we have some extra content. We have a little extra audio from Danielle there as well that will be posted, and we appreciate the support there, so don't forget to check that out. But until next time, guys, like we always say, at the end of the episode. Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. <laughs>no rain no rainbows podcast is recorded at camaraderie a collective workspace in greenville south carolina right off the swamp rabbit trail if you're looking for a place to grow your business network with other professionals and establish your own workspace camaraderie is the place to do so get access to high-speed internet private showers and towel service free methodical coffee and free beer on tap for more details be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.